31st episode of College Sports Today on WLRZ 99.3 FM, as well as on LRN News. You can find our show at therinian.com, as well as on Spotify and rss.com. I am Hamilton Neal, your host, joining you as always this week. We thank you, the listeners, as well for taking the time also. Very excited for all that we have to talk about and discuss on this week's show, as we're already into the month of June. Very hard to believe that we're already at this point in the summer, but we still have plenty to talk about when it comes to local and national collegiate athletics. And we'll get things started with segment number one as we take you around the 828 with news not only from Lenore Rhine, but also from Catawba Valley Community College. This is our first time on College Sports Today talking about Catawba Valley, and there's a ton going on at that school right now when it comes to athletics. And tonight we'll have a focus on their baseball and softball teams, as players from both squads have been honored by Region 10 following the 2022 season. We'll go into all the details on that coming up in a moment, as well as some headlines from Lenore Ryan. So that'll be segment number one of the show. Then we'll take you into the national spotlight in segment number two, as we'll be talking to college basketball news. Louisville has hired Milt Wagner as the program's director of player development and alumni relations. He's a former Cardinals star and NBA champion with the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll go into all the implications of his hiring coming up, along with news about a rematch of the 2021 National Championship game as Baylor and Gonzaga have set a non-conference game for early December next season. So without further ado, let's get this show started as we talk local collegiate news as we take you around the 828. Again tonight, we are first talking at Catawba Valley Community College as five members of the Redhawks baseball team have been honored by Region 10 following the 2022 season. Left-handed pitcher Bryson Hammer, outfielder Zach Somerville, third baseman and catcher Jackie Jimenez, first baseman Reese Landmark, and relief pitcher Jonah Milchuk have received all-region honors. Hammer and Somerville were named first-team all-region. The duo also received first-team all-West division honors along with teammate Jackie Jimenez. Hammer finished his first season at Catawba Valley with 116 strikeouts, the second most in a single season in program history behind only Julian Smith. Hammer's strikeout total is the most in the nation among NJCAA Division II pitchers. Somerville finished his sophomore season as the Redhawks team leader in RBI, hits, triples, and runs scored, and he tied for the team lead in home runs as well. Jimenez tied Somerville for the team lead in doubles, and he also drew a team-high 38 walks while recording a team-best .507 on base percentage. He was also second for CVCC in runs scored, hits, and home runs. Landmark and Milchik were both named second-team All-West Division. Landmark finished the 2022 spring season with a team-best .357 batting average and a .628 slugging percentage. He tied Somerville for the team lead in home runs with 10, and he drove in the second-most runs for Catawba Valley the spring with 38. Milchik was a key piece of the Red Hawks bullpen as the team's main closer as he recorded 40 strikeouts and just nine walks in 26.2 innings pitched. He also tied the score record for saves in a single season with seven set by Jacob Brakefield in 2014 and 2016. 
Both Milchick and Hammer were part of a Red Hawk pitching staff that set a new school record for strikeouts with 610. All five of these players were part of the Red Hawk baseball team that went 37 and 26 this season and won its first Region 10 tournament championship since 2015. Again, when it comes to Catawba Valley Community College and their baseball program, you're not going to find many programs that are better than them locally. Everything that they've done the past five, six, seven seasons has been nothing short of impressive. I remember back in 2015, they made a deep run into the College World Series. Since then, they have continued that standard of excellence. No matter who has been on the coaching staff, no matter who has been on the team, they've brought it every single season. And this year was no different. 37 and 26, first Region 10 tournament title since that 2015 season that I mentioned. And again, five players being honored by Region 10 Bryson Hammer, Zach Somerville, Jackie Jimenez, Reese Landmark, and Jonah Milchuk. All five of those players honored by Region 10. So impressive to see this program continue to develop players and take them to that next level. And that next level for these players is either Division I or Division II baseball at the NCAA level. And we have seen players go on to Western Carolina, you know, big schools out in Division One here in North Carolina, you know, Charlotte, Elon, all the local programs. They look at what Catawba Valley is doing. They're looking at the player development that they have in place, what these guys are doing out on the field. And it's just very, very impressive, again, to see the amount of guys that have gone to the next level come from Catawba Valley Community College. And I'm sure a lot of these guys on this roster now and in the future are going to keep that tradition going. Again, this is one of the best programs around, no question. And we are very excited to cover them here on College Sports Today. Obviously, their season now is over. 2022 season is completed. But next year, in 2023, we will be very excited to cover this squad and everything that they do. And again, very, very good run this season, including a win in the Region 10 Tournament Championship, first since 2015. And you look at the stats there for all those guys. You know, they've broke records here. We talked about Bryson Hammer in his first season, 116 strikeouts. That's the second most in program history. Coming in as a first-year player to do that, very impressive. We talked about Zach Somerville. Sophomore he was, led the team in RBI, hits, triples, runs scored tied for the team lead in home runs. And you go down the line to Jimenez, to Landmark, to Milchik, all these guys filled up the stat sheet this season for CVCC. So their baseball team is in good hands with the guys that are coming back. And while some of those guys are going out, they're going to have a really, really full roster next year. A very good team, no question. And the same can be said for the CVCC softball team, as two members of that squad have received honors from Region 10 following the 2022 season. Outfielder Lily Pennington and catcher slash first baseman Cora Olivares were both named All-Region 10, Pennington landing on the second team, and Olivares named honorable mention. Pennington tallied a .398 batting average with 43 hits, including a team-high 13 doubles to go with six home runs. She also drove in 44 runs, which were second most for CVCC. Olivares recorded a .370 batting average with 37 hits, including 10 doubles, which were tied for second most with the Red Hawks. She also drove in 23 runs and scored 21 runs. This is the second straight season that the Red Hawks have received two Region 10 honors. Pennington and Olivares were part of a Red Hawks softball team that had a record-setting season, winning a program record 37 games, including 20 in conference play. CVCC softball has only been around for three seasons. 
2020, 2021, and 2022 now. And every single year, they have gotten better and better and better. Their first season, 2020, they went 11 and 9, but their season was cut short due to COVID. So they really didn't get the program off the ground like they would have hoped during that season. Again, only 11 and 9 that year. In 2021, they went 23 and 13, lost to Lewisburg in the opening round of the Region 10 tournament. And this season, they fell in the opening round again of the Region 10 tournament. They fell to Southeastern Community College Whiteville, but nonetheless had an incredible season. Again, 37 and 10 overall, 20 and 7 in Region 10 was their record there in conference play. And this season, at one point in the year, they had won 20 games in a row. 20 games in a row. An incredible start they had to the season. They ripped off win after win after win after win. And down the stretch in the season, they struggled a little bit. But they really got off to that hot start. And that 37-10 and 10 record was a product of that 20-game winning streak. No question about that. Had they not gone on that big winning streak, their record would have been not quite that spectacular. But that 20-game win streak from March 4th through 28th, to be exact, it was absolutely incredible. And it's a credit to head coach Josh Bumgarner and his assistant coaches, Mickey Bullock, Emily Cummings, and Casey Anderson. What those four have done to build this program and get it to the point where it is now, where they're winning consistently. They're one of the best teams in Region 10. And they're forced to be reckoned with just in their third year of existence. It's unprecedented. It's absolutely outstanding. And there's such excitement and buzz around this program right now. And the reason that there is so much of that is because of what they could be next season. This year was a year of growth for CBCC when it comes to the softball program, but they exceeded expectations. Again, going from 23 and 13 to 37 and 10 in a 20 game one streak during the season. We didn't expect quite that much growth from them. And there's so much buzz because next season, they're going to be even better. They had nine freshmen on this team that are returning as sophomores next season. And out of those nine freshmen, you had Kaylee Yoder and Jessica Cannon, who really lit up the stat sheets this season. Both of them led the team in at-bats, hits, and runs. So with those two, along with the seven other players coming back that will be sophomores, you have a core to build around here for CVCC. And next year, you got to think they'll be right up there in Region 10. So very excited to see what Coach Bumgarner and his staff draw up for next season. Very excited to see the schedule when it comes out. And again, like we talked about with the baseball team for 2023, we'll definitely be very excited to cover them as well. So Lily Pennington and Cora Olivares, both named all Region 10, Pennington on the second team, and Olivares in honorable mention. So again, that's all that's going on at Catawba Valley Community College right now. Now let's now go over and talk about Lenore Ryan and their softball team. As for the second straight season, catcher Kylie Leonhart has been named an NFCA All-American as she's been named to the second team in back-to-back seasons. The program's leader in career home runs, RBIs, and slugging percentage, Leonhart helped LR to a number two seed in the NCAA tournament during her final year with the Bears. She would tally a team-high 15 home runs and 47 RBI during the season and finished with a .753 slugging percentage. For her career, she owns 56 career home runs and 191 RBI to go along with a .369 batting average and a .735 slugging percentage. The Bears have had seven players be named all Americans in program history, and Leonhart is the first to be named an All-American twice. And again, a big reason why LR Softball went 38-16 overall, 18-6 in the South Atlantic Conference, and advanced to the NCAA Southeast Regional 
was in part because of the play of Kylie Leonhardt. And we talked about LR softball the last couple of weeks here on the show and everything that they went through this season to make it to the Southeast Regional. It's hard, especially when you don't win your conference tournament. But they had a good enough record and a good enough resume to compete at the NCAAs. And we know how good Lauren Rakes was. We know how good Savannah Moorefield was. Those are the two players we talked about most during the season, I would say. And we have talked about Kylie Leonhardt on this show, but I think she, out of their top group of players, was probably the most underrated when you look at what she had done as a catcher and also coming in 15 home runs, 47 RBI during the season, very strong, a .753 slugging percentage, and her career numbers outstanding as well. We mentioned 56 home runs, 191 RBI, .369 batting average, her slugging percentage for her career, very similar to what we saw this season. And again, seven players in program history have been named All-Americans, and Leonhardt is the first to be named an All-American twice. So that's a huge feather in the cap for her. And while they lose her, they're going to bring a really good team back next season. Very, very good team. There are a lot of young players on this squad. And yes, while Moorefield will be gone as well, along with Leonhardt and some of the big leaders, some of the experienced players on this team, I can see LR replicating what they did this past season because the talent is there to make it happen. And the coaching staff, led by Sheena Holler, is one of the best in the South Carolina Conference. It's one of the best in the country. So very excited to see everything that happens with LR softball coming up next season, but a very successful 2022, able to host the Southeast Regional, win almost 40 games and provide a lot of very good moments that will not soon be forgotten. So thank you to Kylie Leonhardt for a great career here at Lenore Ryan. Very excited to see what she does in her future and very excited again to see what LR softball does in 2023. Let's now go over and talk about the LR men's track and field team as they have wrapped up the 2022 NCAA championships with a program record at nine All-Americans. Philip Stomney started the All-American run for the program with his seventh place finish in the decathlon. He totaled 7,057 points in the event to earn first team All-American honors. He stood out with second place finishes in the javelin throw and 1500 meters while also finishing fourth in the pole vault and the 400 meters. The Bears would also take home second team All-American accolades in the four by 400 relay. The quartet of Lucas Bassong, John Sisson, Marlon Davis, and Jacob Wadsworth finished in 12th place with a time of 314.90. In addition, the team of Davis, Wadsworth, Bassong, and Trent Davis put a time of 40.48 on the board to finish 7th and earn first team All-American status. The nine All-Americans this year pair with the seven earned in 2021 to give the program 16 over the past two years. All-American status is determined by place of finish at the NCAA meet. Finishing one through eight earns you first team honors, while nine through 16 puts you on the second team. As a squad, LR earned four points and placed in a tie for 29th as a program. And again, we've talked about LR track and field, triathlon, cross country all season long. Everyone within track and field has done incredible this season. And when you look at what individually these athletes have been able to do, as well as collectively, it's nothing short of impressive. First place finishes at the LR Outdoor Open, Southside Power and Fitness Invitational, and the LR Bears Invitational really gave this group confidence. Again, all of those events were here in Hickory on the campus of LRU. In the LR Outdoor Open, Southside Power and Fitness Invitational, and the LR Bears Invitational. In addition to that, they finished in the top five at the Electric City Invitational, 
the South Atlantic Conference Indoor Championships, and the Roanoke Invitational Challenge. A very, very successful season for the LR track and field team. And when you look at this event here, the NCAA Championships, Philip Stomne did it all. First team All-American status with 7,057 points. When you look at the javelin throw, 1,500 meters, pole vault, 400 meters, he did everything. He is one of the most versatile guys on this track and field team. Very excited to see what he can continue to do going into the future. Obviously, on this show before, we've talked about Jacob Wadsworth, Lucas Passong, Marlon Davis. We've talked about all these guys and everything that they've done. And kind of on and off, we've tracked this season for LR track and field. And next season, again, very excited to see what they do because now everything's wrapping up. Now everything is finishing as we really go into the dog days of the summer. So track and field, one of the last sports, really the last sport at LR to be competing because the baseball season just ended. So track and field was the last one to come across the finish line, if you will. And again, great stuff individually and collectively there at the 2022 NCAA Championships program record at nine All-Americans. And we're going to wrap up this around the 828 segment by talking about Lenore Ryan at men's lacrosse, as the program has produced multiple All-Americans as announced by the USILA. Sophomore defenseman Victor Powell and junior midfielder Torin Eccleston were named second-team All-Americans, while graduate student Mitchell Linklater was selected to the third team at short-stick defensive midfield. The trio give LR 16 All-Americans in program history and eight over the past two seasons. Powell led LR with 29 cost turnovers and earns his first All-American nod. The 29 cost turnovers are the third most in a single season in program history, and Powell's 30 cost turnovers in 2021 stand as the second most. His 51 career cost turnovers place him second in program history, and he's a two-time all-conference performer. He caused a season-high four turnovers against Newberry on March 30th and has 10 games with multiple cause turnovers. He added two goals and an assist on the offensive end and grabbed 49 ground balls on the year. Eccleston led the Bears with 54 points and 41 goals scored in 2022 and earns his first All-American distinction. He had a monster game against Florida Tech with five goals and two assists for a season-high seven points and had 12 goals through the first four games of the season. He crossed the 100 career goal mark this season and sits in sixth place in program history with 104 career goals. Linklater wraps up his career with his first All-American selection. The Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada native finished with 36 ground balls and five cost turnovers on the year to go along with five goals and five assists. For his career, he scooped up 159 ground balls, which places him third in program history, and he had four seasons with 30 plus ground balls. Very, very impressive 2022 season for the LR men's lacrosse team. And again, like the softball team, we've talked a lot about them as well over the past couple of shows. In this season, they went 15 and four overall, nine and one in the South Atlantic Conference, won the South Atlantic Conference Tournament Championship and advanced to the NCAA quarterfinal game where they fell to Tampa. But remember, that's the Tampa team that went undefeated and just won the national championship in D2 lacrosse. So no shame at all in losing to that squad. In fact, LR lost two times to Tampa, one in the regular season in late February, and then they're in the NCAA quarterfinal. But again, despite that, doesn't take anything away from what this team did this season and what these guys were able to accomplish. Again, Torn Eccleston, Victor Powell, and Mitchell Linklater, all earning All-American status. And while they lose Linklater, they will return guys like Evan Voss, Bryce Reese, Will Kanata, Kyle Hatcher, Tommy Aguilar, among many others as well. Now, Miles Moffitt and Joe Venezio are going out as well. 
So some big time senior leaders that have played so many games will not be with this squad next season. But when you look at the junior players from this year's team, that will be seniors like Bryce Reese. When you look at young guys like Tommy Aguilar developing and getting better, there is so much to be excited about for LR Lacrosse moving forward into next season. 2023 should be just as good as 2022, if not better than 2022. I think there are going to be very high expectations given what they did in 2021 and what they did this season. Going to the national championship last year and this season going to the NCAA quarterfinals. The expectation is appearing in the NCAAs. It's not finishing with the South Atlanta Conference Tournament. It's going to compete for a national championship. And everyone that's returning next year will be a year older, a year more experienced, a year smarter, a year wiser. And again, we're looking at a very, very tight squad that is connected and that's ready to go. Because this season, they really had to figure it out. This season was very strugglesome for them, especially early on in the year. And we look at the record of 15-4 and four overall, 9-1 and one in the South Atlantic Conference. You say, uh, how did they struggle with that good of a record? Well, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed Bryce Reese, he talked about the fact that early in the season, offensively, they were struggling. They lost to UND and to Tampa early on in the season, as well as to Limestone. And then they went on that tear to win 10 plus games in a row and get to the NCAA quarterfinal game. So very excited to see more players named to the All-American teams. Again, Victor Powell and Torin Eccleston named to the second team, USILA, and Mitchell Linklater named to the third team. And Victor Powell and Torin Eccleston will be back, by the way, along with some of the other names I mentioned, like Bryce Reese, like Evan Voss, Will Kanata, etc. You have Powell as a junior next season. Eccleston will be a senior. So those guys will be part of that veteran core, part of the veteran leadership for this squad. And we expect a very, very exciting, very, very consistent 2023 for the LR lacrosse team on both the men's and women's sides. We'll talk more about the women's team as this summer goes on. We'll talk more about them through the fall going into next winter as their next season comes up as well. So that's all we have in our Around the 828 segment. Again, tonight we talked CVCC baseball and softball along with LR softball, track and field, and men's lacrosse. So with that, we're going to take a quick break here on the show. And when we come back, we'll have segment number two as we'll take you into the national spotlight. We'll be talking college basketball news, including Louisville's hiring of Milt Wagner as the program's director of player development and alumni relations. That's on the other side of this break. You're listening to College Sports Today on WLRZ at 99.3 FM and LRN News. We'll be right back. Back into College Sports Today, episode number 31. Very excited to head into our second segment of the show now as we're talking the latest news out of college basketball. Still a lot of stuff going on in collegiate hoops right now, despite the season being over for a couple of months. Feels slow right now, right? Feels slow. It's like the dog days of summer. How much is there really to talk about? Well, there's still plenty of stuff to go over. And among our topics in this segment are Louisville's hiring of Milt Wagner, the program's director of player development and alumni relations. 
This has a very, very big tie into recruiting, and we'll talk about why coming up in just a moment. In addition to that, we'll also be talking about a rematch of the 2021 National Championship game as Baylor and Gonzaga have set a non-conference game for early December next season. These topics bring us into the world of college basketball and give us a look into the national spotlight. Again, we're going to kick things off with news out of Louisville, Kentucky, as the Cardinals men's basketball program has hired Milt Wagner as the program's director of player development and alumni relations. He is the grandfather of number one ranked rising senior DJ Wagner, who is the subject of an intense recruiting battle between Louisville and Kentucky. Wildcats coach John Calipari coached DJ Wagner's father, Dewan Wagner, at Memphis, and new Louisville coach Kenny Payne played with Milt Wagner on Louisville's 1986 national championship team. Calipari also hired Milt Wagner at Memphis in 2000, which led to Dewan Wagner signing with the Tigers. Wagner said, quote, it's an honor for me to return to my alma mater and work alongside my brother, Kenny Payne. Louisville is my second home, and I've always wanted to return here to work with this historic program that I contributed my blood, sweat, and tears for as a student-athlete. I'm thrilled to be here with the terrific staff and help this program achieve at the highest level, end quote. After his career at Louisville, he spent 13 years playing professionally, including an NBA championship run with the Los Angeles Lakers in 1988. He has 14 years in college coaching with stops at Memphis, UTEP, and Auburn. Again, this is a very, very critical very massive headline when it comes to college basketball for a couple of reasons. Number one, very big get for Louisville to bring a former star in, again, as the program's director of player development and alumni relations. He's going to have a big voice in the program. He's going to be a part of, again, the player development, bringing guys in, molding them, helping them get to the next level. But this is also very big for Louisville because I think it puts them out in the lead for DJ Wagner, who, again, is the number one ranked player in the senior class. 2023, number one overall player. He's a combo guard, very, very skilled. When you look at his package and his game, any school that would get him would be getting an NBA lottery pick with the skill set that he has. At six foot three, he's very confident as a shooter from the mid range as well as from three. He attacks the rim and he has a very good floater game. Offensively, he fills it up and he's as good as they come as a backcourt prospect. And he's one of the best backcourt prospects that I've scouted over the last couple of years. In the last couple of classes, we've had some really good guards. You know, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, go down the line. We've had some very good players. But DJ Wagner's right up there with them. And the thing I love about his game is that he can play both the point guard and shooting guard spots. He's capable enough to bring the ball up the floor and run the offense, but He's versatile enough to cut and move without the basketball and play like a shooting guard. Again, kind of like a Clay Thompson would. That's the guy I always come back to because he's the best shooting guard in, in the NBA. And when you want to look at tape of how to play shooting guard, watch Clay Thompson and how he moves and how he keeps the defense guessing and keeps them off balance. Well, DJ can do some of that. And he's not even a true shooting guard. So definitely the most complete player in the class and one that will probably either be going to Louisville or to Kentucky. Again, with this move, I think Louisville is slightly out in front of Kentucky, but Kentucky is right there as well because of the John Calipari connection. John Calipari coached Dewan Wagner Sr. at Memphis. Milt Wagner was hired by Calipari 
to basically secure that commitment. And now Kenny Payne, who coached under Calipari with the Wildcats, is now again head coach at Louisville, and he's hired Milt Wagner to try to get DJ Wagner. And if you think for a second that this move has nothing to do with landing DJ Wagner, you're wrong, because it does. Whenever a school hires a family member, it's a recruiting tactic. It's a ploy by that school to get that player on their team. And we've seen it time and time again. Again, we mentioned Calipari did it by hiring Milt at Memphis. Missouri did it by bringing in Michael Porter Sr. onto their staff. In 2017, Michael Porter Jr. was a highly touted small forward out of the class of 2017 and was once touted as baby Kevin Durant. I wouldn't say he's quite at that level right now, but he's a very good player now in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets. So back in high school, he was committed to the University of Washington with Michael Porter Sr. on staff for Lorenzo Romar. Porter Sr. then went to Missouri as an assistant coach there to Conzo Martin. And then Michael Porter Jr. flipped from Washington to Missouri. Cannon Cunningham was on staff at Oklahoma State. That allowed Cade Cunningham to go and play for the Cowboys. Whenever it's a brother, a father, in this case, a grandfather that's on staff, and you see something like this happen, it's no accident. And again, it has everything to do with landing DJ Wagner. I don't care what anybody says. It has everything to do with that. And it's a great move, you know, for the Louisville Cardinals who have been very unstable going back to the Rick Pitino era, how that ended with the FBI investigations in 2017, then going to the Chris Mack era, which was then marred by more NCAA scandals, including Dino Gaudio and Mack having to be suspended. You know, all of these things have given Louisville a bad rap in the world of college basketball. They have been one of the most toxic, unstable programs in the country. But now you bring in Kenny Payne, who was a longtime assistant under John Calipari at Kentucky, as I mentioned a minute ago, while also spending time with the New York Knicks in the NBA recently. So in him, you get a trustworthy quality coach. And now you have Milt Wagner, a guy who played in the NBA, played at Louisville, knows what this program is all about, former teammate of Kenny Payne. That's also a part of it. But again, I think it's mainly to land DJ Wagner. Uh, All of these things are uh, playing into Louisville's hands right now. So it's a great move. I love it for Louisville, and I think they're on a great track now. I think they're getting back to the point where they're going to be respected in college basketball because Kenny Payne has had a great reputation as a recruiter. He has brought a ton of five-star players into Kentucky along with John Calipari. He was his top lieutenant there for many years and now has the opportunity to coach against Calipari at Kentucky's biggest rival school in Louisville. So I really like what he's doing. He's brought Nolan Smith on board from Duke. He was former Duke player, was on the Duke coaching staff, was rising up the ranks there at Duke, but saw an opportunity to be a top assistant at Louisville as opposed to being a lower shelf assistant at Duke. So I really like what, again, Coach Kenny Payne is doing. And and Milt Wagner is going to bring a lot of great things when it comes to player development because of the experience he has and If it leads to DJ Wagner committing to the cards, then Kenny Payne's done his job. And this Louisville program is going to be set up really well because they have done really next to nothing when it comes to NCAA tournament, when it comes to making a mark in college basketball the last couple of years. 
maybe outside of 2019 when they were briefly ranked number one in the country. Outside of that, not much has happened, you know, since like 2016, right? So I like where Louisville's going. I think there's nowhere to go but up for them. And DJ Wagner or no DJ Wagner, Louisville's still going to recruit at a high level. I think they're going to bring in five-star recruits just because of the familiarity with Kenny Payne, you know, with recruits that know him and that have that constant contact with him. Louisville's going to be a player with top recruits in the country, and I'm excited to see that, excited to see what Milt does here, and excited to see if uh, DJ goes on board. Again, Louisville, Kentucky, look for it to come down to those two schools. Memphis is kind of on the outside looking in. He did take an official visit to them as well as to Kentucky. No official visit to Louisville yet, but should be coming very soon. Maybe this summer, maybe next year for a game or something like that. So again, Milt Wagner hired at Louisville as the program's director of player development and alumni relations. And now we're going to wrap up this show by talking about a rematch of the 2021 National Championship game. It'll be Baylor and Gonzaga playing in a non-conference game in early December next season. The teams will play December 2nd at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The Bears and Bulldogs have been two of the most consistent and successful programs in men's college basketball over the past three seasons. Baylor has secured a record of 81-13 and over that span with a national championship, as Gonzaga has gone 90-7 and with a national title appearance again in 2021. Both teams have been one seeds in each of the past two NCAA tournaments. And both teams are ranked in the top 10 of ESPN's latest way-too-early top 25, with Gonzaga checking in at number 6 and Baylor at number 7. This will be the first regular season game between the two teams since 2012. Baylor cruised to an 86-70 victory in the 2021 National Championship game, while Gonzaga won 83-70 when they faced each other in the second round of the 2019 NCAA tournament. Again, when you talk about college basketball and early season matchups, you can't get anything better than Baylor and Gonzaga. Maybe outside of Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State, Champions Classic, that's a great event to start the season. But when you're looking at this season coming up, this could be the best high-profile early season game when you're talking about two big-time teams going at it. Baylor and Gonzaga, again, the two teams that played in the 2021 championship game, squaring off here in Sioux Falls. There's always a big game every year at the Sanford Pentagon. In 2020, it was Iowa and Gonzaga. That same season, these two were supposed to play in non-conference, but due to COVID, that game was canceled. Again, they ended up meeting in the championship, but Baylor won that game easily, 86-70. But these two teams are very different than what they were in 2021 or even last year. Because when you look at Gonzaga, they're not going to have Shet Holmgren, top freshman, one and done, left after the season ended and the loss to Arkansas in the NCAA tournament. He's going to be a high pick in the NBA. So the question now is, is Drew Timmy going to return? Drew Timmy initially put his name into the NBA draft, and he has had workouts at the combine and stuff, but he can still come back. And as of right now, there is a lot of speculation that he could come back and a feeling that he could return. 18.4 points per game he averaged this past season. And when you look at their projected starting five, you have him along with Anton Watson, Julian Strother, Hunter Salas, and Nolan Hickman. That projected starting five is from ESPN. And if that is the lineup we see, guys are going to have to step up. Timmy and Strother will easily be their best players if both return because Strother has a decision to make as well. But when you look at Anton Watson at seven a game, 
Hunter Salas will be a sophomore, four points a game. Nolan Hickman will also be a sophomore. Those guys are going to have to play much better in an elevated role if they want to stay as a top five, even top 10 team in the country. Now, along with those guys, you have Efton Reed, transfer from LSU coming in. I think that's a great get. He's going to bring some size and some skill to the table. Ben Gregg is a guy who joined the program during the 2020 season and really hasn't gotten his feet wet yet at Gonzaga. And then you have Caden Perry, who's a very skilled sophomore who's going to be good for them next year, I think. But they lose, along with Chet Holmgren, Andrew Nembhard and Rasir Bolton. So key, key guys on their team are not going to be there. It's not the number one ranked team of the past two years that Gonzaga has had, but I think it's a top five caliber team. And uh, as for Baylor, their projected starting five, according to ESPN, is Keontae George, number six player in the ESPN 100 for 2022, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, Jalen Bridges, a transfer from West Virginia, as well as Flo Tamba. Some of their losses include Matthew Mayer, who just transferred to Illinois, and James Akinjo. Now, along with those five projected starters, you have Kendall Brown, Zach Loveday, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. Those guys are going to be part of the core as well. JTT was part of the national championship team. Kendall Brown had a really good freshman season this past year. And Jalen Bridges from West Virginia, I think, is going to provide some good minutes and some good point production. 8.4 per game there in Morgantown. Keontae George is a very, very skilled guard in the backcourt. I think he's going to bring some ability at the point. He's going to bring some ability at the two. I could see him playing some combo guard, but he's really more that off guard, kind of like we talked about earlier with DJ Wagner. Keontae George has those shooting guard traits that I think are going to definitely translate to the next level. He's big time. So is Adam Flagler. LJ Cryer just looking to get healthy this season and trying to find some consistency. But even with his health history, still averaged 13.5 a game last year. Flagler, the most experienced player of this group, 13.8 points per game, has had a really good career there at Baylor, and I'm excited to see what he does as well. So this matchup should definitely, definitely live up to the hype. And again, very excited to see where everything goes with the college basketball this upcoming season, because not only do we have these games, but we have the Phil Knight Invitational and Legacy Tournaments the Champions Classic, the Battle for Atlantis, all of these early season events are going to be outstanding. And just get ready for another big time college basketball season because it's going to be a blast. So with that said, we wrap up yet another episode of College Sports Today, episode number 31. It has been an absolute blast. We have enjoyed bringing it to you. And we thank you for taking the time to listen as well. Whether it's been on WLRZ 99.3 FM, whether it be on LRN News at therinian.com, Spotify, RSS.com, wherever you have found this show, we thank you for taking the time to listen. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to everybody at Lenore Ryan University, the College of Fine Arts and Communications, and WLRZ in 99.3 FM. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll talk to you again next week. Good night, everybody.